can't help it. I ball like a Celtic. I can't help it. Nah, I can't help it. Nah, I can't help it. I ball like a Celtic. I can't help it. I ball like a Celtic. All right, Celtics fans, we are back with another episode of Boston Celtics Game Day Recap. I'm your host, Guy DiPlacido. We are joined by another longtime Celtic fan, Aaron Pratt. Aaron, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Absolutely. So, going to get started here, uh, and as usual, we're going to go through player of the game, uh, and then we'll break the podcast into the good and the bad of today. Uh, and then some of the things that we need to change moving forward. Uh, so to start things off, Aaron, I will push this over to you here. Uh, I have a feeling I know where you're going with this, but I want to hear your thoughts on player of the game today. Definitely Jalen Brown. Kind of has there's, to be, right? Yeah, I don't think there's too many other uh, choices you could have for that one. You know, it's, it's nice to have him have a, a career night. It sucks to have him have a career night in a 12-point loss to the 76ers. So, I mean, overall, I mean, Jalen Brown really was that guy all night tonight that did everything you could ask for. End of the night, 42 points, uh, 16 of 28 from the field, including 5 of 8 from 3, 5 of 7 from the line, 9 rebounds, 3 assists, a steal and a block. So literally, filled the stat sheet everywhere he could. And the Celtics didn't have enough to pull it off. So I want to hear, I guess, your thoughts on this. What made Jalen Brown so efficient tonight after the last couple games where it hasn't been a, a super efficient night? Tonight was lights out. Yeah, I think it's just who he is. I mean, everybody goes through ups and downs. He started the season out hot hit that cold streak a little bit, not even really. I mean, he carried the team in both of our last losses, too. And then tonight, he just, he knew he had what he had to do to try and get the win. It just. Yeah, a cold streak for Jalen Brown. <laughs> a cold streak What's for Jalen Brown is not the same thing as a cold streak for the average NBA player anymore, no. at least. Uh, Efficiency-wise, like. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's night and day. But I do want to I do want to highlight a couple of things that he did because if you look at if you look at his game, you know we've talked about on this podcast that he has been one of the most improved players. And I've thrown Shemi into the mix on that a couple times as well. Uh, and you know, Aaron, we'll talk about that later in the podcast because didn't have a great game tonight from Shemi. But uh, you know, some of the things that Jalen Brown has improved on immensely this year has has been the handles and really just the way he approaches the game looking for people and you saw today early on in the game uh really the first couple minutes he had two excellent threes and then a great assist to to Tice early on and then you know you see him continue to do that he pulled off a, a couple of great pocket passes to Tice uh, had a couple of other passes that you know ultimately led to missed shots, but you know you see him going out looking not not always for his shot first, uh, and it's something that we haven't really seen you know in years past. Uh, this year he's made a, a huge leap, and I think that's you know one of the reasons that you know he's put himself into contention for the MVP race. And I know a lot, not a lot of people are saying that, but I don't know if you saw this, but Magic Johnson actually tweeted 
uh, saying that he was in the top five uh, for MVP votes this year. So it's good for a guy like Jalen to, you know, start to get some of that recognition because he, he hasn't really gotten any of it. It seems to have all been going to, to Jason Tatum early on in the year. Yeah, that seems to be the story of their careers together as JB flies under the radar and JT gets gets all the shine with everybody. Yeah. It's it's you know, it's good to see. Uh I'm a huge Jalen Brown fan. I have been for a while and seeing his growth this year, for me, it's tough to lose a game like this. But what I'm excited about, and I've kind of talked about this in the last podcast as well, you know, right now we don't have Jason Tatum. And, you know, we both know how much he brings to the to to the table. I mean, the guy's a prolific scorer. He can go out and get you 25 points without blinking an eye on most nights. And when you have a guy like Jalen Brown continuing to play his game, getting 42, Kemba Walker, although he didn't have, you know, as an efficient night as he did last game, you know, only shooting one of seven tonight, but still ended the night with 19 points. Like when we have all three of these guys back, this team will be a problem. Uh, yeah, and Tatum will help solve some of those defensive problems we had, especially down that stretch in the fourth quarter where we cut the lead to three, I think, and then let it get out of hand again. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I, I mean, I'm going to – I'm right there with you. I mean, Jalen Brown, there's really no one else on the team that could get player of the game. I mean, no one was even close to him in efficiency points tonight. Uh, So JB by far, you know, it's another, it's another solid night for Kemba. Uh, And I do want to highlight this and I want to hear your thoughts because for me, the last two games, the only thing that I've been looking at, as far as Kemba goes, is health. And it's seeing how he's playing the game. And for me, you know, I don't, it it doesn't look like he's lost any explosiveness whatsoever. And I'm curious, I mean, what what are your thoughts so far in the last two games for Kemba? Because I think he's going to be a huge piece of this team moving forward. I think he's looked great. He kind of goes away scoring-wise in the second half, but he hasn't played basketball and for so long he hasn't really had a lot of practice time with everybody this is only his third game back I think that's more of a conditioning issue which it will get worked out as yeah the longer he's back yeah yeah well the thing that's the thing that's tough for me I mean you saw him kind of get kind of get picked on and lost in a couple of the a couple of the screen and roll type situations tonight I mean he ended the night with probably one of the worst plus minuses I've seen in quite some time, uh, minus 21. And a lot of that is just him getting lost in some of the pick and rolls and people kind of isolating him out on defense. But from an offensive standpoint, you know, he's doing exactly what he should be doing. And to me, I mean, he's kind of, he's kind of back on that all-star stretch, potential stretch at least. Yeah. Plus minus doesn't help. He was out there with one of those really bad offensive lineups too. What was it? I think he was out there with Teague, Jay or Javante, 
that lineup that was out there in that third quarter stretch where the game got out of hand real fast. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he, he started off he started off really aggressive. He had like seven first quarter points, three or four shooting. And, you know, he kind of continued on the efficiency stamp. I mean, he ended the night 50% from the field. The part that is not so great is, you know, one of seven from three. I'm pretty sure he started the first quarter with a three and then went 0 for 6 after that. Uh, and to, he hit that one right at the end of the, towards the end of the fourth. Okay, so maybe that, that one. ATO. Okay, okay, so maybe it was, maybe it wasn't the first quarter that he hit that. But yeah, I mean it's, it's tough. It's another game where, you know, we finally shot the ball from three better. I mean, we ended the night 40%, which, you know, it's not ideal. One of my first podcasts, I said this, like the Celtics are going to need to be closer to that 45 mark. And, you know, it's not an easy mark to reach by any means. 45% from three is fantastic as a team. But, you know, you kind of see it tonight. I mean, 40% wasn't enough to do it. One of the things that, you know, as a team – we did a lot better at tonight was limiting the free throws. And you saw yesterday, Joel Embiid got to the line 21 times, made 17 of them as a team. The 76ers only shot 24. So, you know, I want to hear your thoughts. I mean, as far as the Celtics game plan, Joel Embiid still went off, got four, went 14 of 15 from the line, uh, but the Celtics really seem to, you know, limit the the team as a whole uh, by twenty one free throws. They had forty five last game, and they ended with twenty twenty four tonight. So, as a team, what are I guess your thoughts? Where did we, you know, maybe flip a switch and change that free throw battle? Part of that was you. There were stretches where you could tell the refs weren't calling some of the same plays. Like there was a couple play, that stretch where Embiid got mad where he didn't get called, I think, two or three plays in a row, those were fouls last night. So yeah, like, that was a big part of that. But they did a good job of keeping him out of the paint on his catches. And then the double team, they didn't leave Tyson and Island for as long as stretches. They didn't leave Thompson on an Island for as long as stretches. They were pretty good tonight about bringing that double down and getting him and forcing him to pass out of it. Yeah. Which last night they they only they did that a handful of times maybe. Yeah. I mean it's personally they switched on a lot of screens tonight that they really played well off of. I mean honestly the team their help defense tonight I thought was, you know, light years better than it was last game. Well, you saw a lot, and I think a lot of it, it, and I don't know if I'm just like, you know, over happy hype man for Javante Green, and and maybe that's the case, but I do want to like point him out, because if you look at the way Javante plays the game, and I know a lot of people are going to, you know, tell me I'm an idiot for this, and I've gotten it a lot this year so far, but for people that actually watch all of the basketball games and understand what's going on, Javante Green does so many things 
that are overlooked in a stat sheet. And you oh, yeah. see him, you see him jump a lot of the passing lanes, whether it's just, even deflected balls, right? That stuff doesn't show up on a stat sheet, but the amount of, you know, screens that he'll jump through the amount of just pure athleticism that he shows on a nightly basis it's kind of unparalleled. A lot of people talk about the energy that Robert Williams brings to the floor. I think Javante Green brings that and some. And, you know, correct, like, correct me if I'm wrong. Am I being crazy in saying this? No, I don't think so. I have in the notes I took for the game that Javante is electrifying. You know, I mean, he ends so. the night. He had, he had a steal. He had a block. And he had four rebounds. And the guy again, like it's not it's not crazy good statistics, but if you again look at the plus minus, and I know you know there are a lot of people out there that say you know plus minus isn't always a good indicator of you know a person's performance throughout the night, and I I totally agree that's that's it's a valid point, but he is very like consistently one of the tops in plus minus and he was one of one of two people that had a positive plus minus the other person was Peyton Pritchard who played for two minutes so he is the only player on this Celtics team that was positive in the plus minus yeah he was typically the guard that was coming down on a lot of those doubles that forced Embiid to give the ball up yeah yeah, I he mean, does he, a great job of coming down and pressuring that double team. Yeah, and, and and that's and that's a perfect example right there of things that aren't showing up on the stat sheet. Like he doubles, he doubles guys, and that's and that to me was you know where the Celtics really shine tonight. It's tough to lose in a game like this, especially when we did so many things right. Uh, but I mean, Javante Green brings the energy and for me you know you just brought it up I mean he's doubling Embiid in times where you know maybe the guy that he's covering Matisse Thibel at certain points he knows that Thibel's not really the guy that's gonna stretch the floor and hit that open three so he has the ability to sag and he does it when he knows it's possible and you know the Celtics did a great job tonight of help defense you know they rotated all the way through and Javante Green played an unbelievable game again you know he ended the night three of seven he had a steal that led to a dunk he tipped a ball that ended up in a steal with another wide open layup or another like uh, another dunk that was from a smart pass so the guy just continues to do everything right and I know I'm not I I'm not the only one that's saying this, but I feel like a lot of people, and I've been seeing it all over Facebook, all over social media, that you know, they're throwing him in trade suggestions. I don't think it's I don't think it's valid. So I don't What's know. the guarantee date on his contract? Because he's on a non guaranteed right now. Well that's that's another thing. I mean that's one of I guess the reasons that it would almost make sense to trade him or drop him if you were to pull in another prospect. But I just, I don't see, I don't see us getting someone that's going to perform at a higher level at a, a lower salary. 
Yeah, I'd, I'd hate to give him up, but if they guaranteed that deal, I think he's probably one of the few actual tradable pieces we have on this roster. I mean, without breaking up the core group of guys, there's not a you're making me sad. Package together. You're making me sad, Aaron. I I make myself sad saying that. <laughs> uh, but you no, know, I mean, in in all honesty, I mean he he is another good. He is another guy that has played well. Uh, Definitely. You know, as a as a team tonight, the other things that you know we did pretty well, and you know the script did flip towards the end, but in the first quarter two turnovers in the first in the second quarter one turnover one turnover right so we ended the first half with three and if you look at the end of the game 13 so again it's a solid night you know i'll take 13 turnovers on most nights but when 10 of them come in the second half and i'm just i'm gonna assume that you're right with that third quarter fucking killed us Excuse my language. I, I think a lot of those uh, 42 points were points off of turnovers. Yeah. So, I mean, that, listen, that's that's where I want to start. I want to stop the, the good part of today's podcast because I do want to get over to some of the negatives here. Uh, before we do so, going to take a quick break uh, here from our sponsors. We'll be right back. All right, guys. Time for a new favorite sponsor alert, Venture Greens Nutrition. Venture Greens Nutrition is changing the nutrition game forever. They offer one-on-one coaching where they build macro-based diets to get you moving in the right direction. As great as the coaching is, what I love most about Venture Green Nutrition is their line of CBD products. They have tinctures, salves, beard care, and gear. And the best part is, all Venture Greens Nutrition's products are formulated and manufactured in their own facilities in the United States. Check them out at VentureGreensNutrition.com. Use code CelticsTake15, that's CelticsTake15, for 15% off. You won't regret it. All right, Celtics fans, we're back. uh, And I want to pick right where we left off there. And it is the third quarter. Aaron talked about it earlier. Celtics were outscored forty-two to twenty-eight. Aaron, I'm gonna I'm gonna kick this over to you here. I mean, where did where did the Celtics go wrong? I mean, this seems to be a a reoccurring thing with the Celtics, where the third quarter is just something that we fall apart. Uh, I guess. What are your thoughts? Where did where did the Celtics go wrong today? The defensive effort disappeared. They went through that stretch where they had two or three stops in a row on Embiid on the block, and then that stopped. The whistles changed, but they got careless with the ball. Shooting went cold. It really started when Jalen came out of the game for his rest. That unit that was in there without him was not good. One of the the things that kind of surprised me this game was, I mean, we saw Robert Williams, and, you know, he was a DNP last game, but we saw him in a lineup with Daniel Tice and Javante Green, Smart, and Kemba. And if you look at that lineup, there's not a lot going on in that lineup. 
I mean, Javante, again, he's not, he does a lot of good things for you. He's not going to be that offensive option that's going to go out and get you points. But then you're going with a double big and one of them being Robert Williams. And one of the things that we saw today was, you know, they tried to, they tried to stagger Robert Williams with Embiid. And, you know, I totally get that. But when he was out there against Dwight Howard, he got bodied, like, to hell. Dwight Howard yeah. made him look like an idiot. Dwight's, Dwight's a big dude. You know, it's wild because he has been doing this for so goddamn long. And, you know, the last two seasons, he's looked fantastic. I mean, minus the fact that he shoots free throws from, like, half court. He looks pretty good. <laughs> And, and he hit his free throws tonight. Free throws. He's, I think that uh, upped his percentage a few when he started doing that. It's wild. I mean, he was three yeah. for four from the line tonight. And he's like at minimum two feet away from the free throw line. Like he's almost dead center. He's between, at the top of the key. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah, he, he shoots those from the top of the key almost. But, I mean, to, to bring it back, I mean, the thing that's frustrating to me is – Robert Williams, everybody on Facebook, everybody on Twitter, everyone, I'm sure you've seen it all over the place, was pissed at Brad Stevens and are calling for him to be fired already just because he didn't play Robert Williams last game. And, you know, I commented on this. Robert Williams cannot defend Joel Embiid. Nobody can, right? I mean, the Celtics realistically do not have a good option for him, but... We defended Dwight Howard pretty well last game. Robert Williams got worked tonight on the defensive end. Yeah, I think he'd do a better job when he needs the experience. He's in his third year, hasn't got a lot of playing time between injuries and Brad not playing young guys a lot. And then, like, tonight, this is his first game back after two weeks off. Yeah, no, I mean, it's a tough matchup for him, for sure. But, I mean, the way the way I look at it, you know, if Robert Williams is going to be our future center, which everybody seems to think is going to be the case, he's got to figure that. I mean, we're talking about a 34, 35-year-old Dwight Howard. And granted, the guy is, you know, built. And he looks like he's in the best shape of his career, honestly. Yeah. It's just you need to you need to be able to figure that that situation out like that to me you can't let a 35 year old bully you i mean dwight howard dwight howard had a couple of a couple of rebounds against him he had four offensive rebounds and you know all four of those might have been against robert williams like he was getting bullied dwight howard ended the night with 12 boards 12 boards jalen brown led the celtics with nine so we're talking about yeah, a bench got, player in Dwight Howard. 18 minutes, he had 12 rebounds. They they got killed on the boards. I think we had about 21 or 22 total rebounds. Total rebounds, we had 32. They had 45. 32. They had 45. That, yeah. yeah they Dwight Howard, I mean, was the Dwight Howard was the difference. Take him out of the mix, and we're pretty much at the same thing. But he had, he just, he killed us. He had more than Embiid did. You know, and he played 18 minutes. 18. So, I don't know. I mean, it, it, for me, Time Lord, 
I I like him, but there's still a lot of things that need to change. I mean, he's he's jumping too much, and it puts him out of position. And that's just the that's just the way it is. You can't have that every game. So, I think a lot of that comes with the experience. Like I said he missed he's he's missed a ton of time because of injuries in the three years he's been in. It's I tough. Think him getting more playing time will get him better in the flow of the game and he'll quit jumping at all those all those pump fakes he does. Like that one that one Embiid got him on. Yeah. He played good he played great defense on that and then bit on that shot fake and ended up getting the foul that sent. And be to the line for two. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he definitely shows a lot of promise, and he's a, he's a guy like Javante for me. I mean, not everything is perfect, but a lot of things he does are right, and that's. Yeah. I mean, it comes down to energy, and it's. I've been saying it all year, and I've been saying it for the last two years. I mean, more so bubble because Robert Williams didn't really get a lot of time outside of the bubble last year because of injuries and. Yeah, you know, we saw him step up last year in the bubble, and he was he was huge in that Toronto series. He he was he was, and he looked he looked great for for most of it. But like he always seems to have, like even if he's having the best game of his career, he'll go out and have two turnovers in a row. Yep, and he can never he's never quite put together one complete game. And that seems to be the struggle. And, you know, Javante's fairly similar. I mean, you saw him with another turnover tonight. I mean, I think the benefits outweigh the negatives, with Javante at least. Robert Williams, I just I need to see him a little bit more consistent on the defensive end. And that's, that's, that's the bigger issue. Offensively, he's good. I mean, he's not going to go out and... You know, take pull-up shots, but he puts himself near the rim and you know makes the whole team a lot more efficient because if they drive, you really can't sag off and go to double someone. Like you need to stay yeah, near Ron Williams. You can't leave him on the offensive end to go and double on. Yeah, the dribble drive. Yeah, so I mean that's I mean it's good to have him in on the offensive side for that reason, but. I guess moving moving away from the negative. I mean, we saw we saw Peyton Pritchard go down, and we saw a right knee sprain is what they're saying. We don't know how long he's going to be out yet. My idea is that it's not going to be not going to be short. Uh, I might be wrong in saying this, but I'm pretty sure I heard him say it just popped, which is not a good sign. No. Uh, but I want to hear your thoughts. I mean, we saw we saw Jeff Teague come in, play more minutes because Peyton Pritchard was out. What are your overall thoughts? More Jeff Teague minutes are not a good thing. You know, I just... I mean... He ended the night three points, one of five shooting, and pretty much that's it. You know, how negative... How did he have? Only one turnover tonight. It was that idiotic one that led to the Ben Simmons he, dunk. He dribbled off his foot. Yep, that that was watched it. Watched the ball roll. Yep, yep, that was it. So this is this is a problem because I mean, granted, we've got Kemba back, and once Tatum comes back, 
I, I don't know if there's another option besides moving Marcus Smart to the bench at this point because I don't think Jeff Teague can handle this anymore. Nope. He, yeah. If we got Minnesota Jeff Teague from a couple years ago, that was one thing, but we definitely got Atlanta Jeff Teague. I mean, last year. <laughs> that is not a good thing. Give me, give me Boston Celtics against Milwaukee, Jeff Teague, and I'll be thrilled. Yeah, but like the last, honestly, I can't even say the last couple games. What are we? We finished fifteen games. The last fourteen games, he's sucked. Yeah, <laughs> maybe it's maybe it's from Pritchard being what he's been. I mean, I doubt. He expected to come in and end up being the third string point guard almost behind a rookie. Maybe he hasn't adjusted to that. So maybe with Pritchard being out, he'll so, figure it out. So I, I want I want to hear your thoughts. I mean, it, with with Pritchard being out, let's just I'm not I'm not gonna put out a timetable because I don't I'm not a doctor. I really don't know what happened anyway, but. If he's out for a prolonged period of time, where do you see this lineup going? Like, do you see them opting to go for, you know, a smart coming off the bench trying to limit Teague? Or do you see them going, you know, keeping Marcus in the lineup, going with a single big, and I guess continuing to go with Teague as sixth man? I think that's what it's going to be more of is the single big lineup with smart still starting but with everybody back there'd be less time where teague is out there running that offense by himself with kemba jalen and jason back you'd be able to stagger those minutes so he's out there with one or two of them the majority of the time he's out there so one of the things that you know i was thinking about today and kind of what I kind of what I was hoping Brad did yes or last game with Kemba. We've already we've already heard that Jason Tatum is going to be on a minutes restriction coming back, which is to be expected. I mean, he's missed a lot of time, similar to what Rob Williams did. I mean, he was only limited to ten minutes today, um, or I guess he ended with sixteen. But they said ten to fifteen was his minutes restriction. Tatum's going to be in a similar similar spot. What I had hoped that Brad had done with Kemba was, you know, stagger the minutes in an opposite fashion of Jalen Brown in the sense that he wasn't going to start, but he would come in and end up finishing the game. I mean, you saw Kemba pretty much not play the entire third quarter just so he could get minutes in the fourth. And I don't yep. think I don't think that's a good plan. Like I I just I don't agree with it because, you know, halftime is enough. Like halftime's already a long period of time to sit and come back and be fresh. But then to sit in an, another twelve minutes, and realistically, that's, it's I mean, longer than that. It's it's just a long time to sit. Yep, I think you start them and then they're they get pulled earlier. Yeah, I mean, I just I, like don't. I, I wouldn't put him in for as long of stints, and you know, I think, yep. especially watching tonight, we didn't. We started the fourth quarter pretty well. I mean, we came back. We were down three at one point, with like probably four minutes left, I think, and then it all went to shit again, and we ended up losing by twelve. 
So for me, I mean, you need Tatum has Tatum's proven to be that guy, right? So I think you need to you need to make sure he has minutes at the end of the game, and I think you need to stagger him. You can't start him in the fourth quarter. You need him to end the game because he's going to need yeah. to be a guy that can put buckets in late in games. So. I don't know. I mean, that's that's what we've got. I mean, I wanna I wanna end that bad section there. We've got the Cavaliers coming up on Sunday. They're coming off of two massive wins against the Brooklyn Nets, and I'm not gonna say I told you so to everyone that's listening to this podcast and to everyone on Facebook, but the Nets defense is a problem. They are horrible. Moving past the Nets, the Cavaliers played two phenomenal games, and Colin Sexton has been at the top of his game for both of those. So we've got them coming up on Sunday. What are you looking at uh, for the Celtics to bounce back after two pretty tough losses against the 76ers? They've really got to lock in on the defensive end. That's where a lot of the problems came from tonight. Can't let the defense let up like in that fourth quarter they locked in for that two minute stretch got themselves back into the game with good defense and then the defense went away they got careless with the ball on the offensive end and you watched the lead balloon back up yeah they can't especially with how hot this cleveland offense has been like you have to you have to lock in on defense for a full 48 yeah yeah, I mean it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough game. I mean they're this is a must win game for the Celtics. I mean we dropped today to eight and six, and we can't really we can't continue to drop. I mean granted, like we're gonna have Tatum on a minutes restriction again. I'm guessing he's probably gonna be somewhere between fifteen and twenty minutes, but the Celtics need to win this. We can't drop another one. Go to eight and seven and continue to try and make a run for this. Like this is this needs to be a game where the rest of the Celtics team and I'm talking to everybody except for Jalen Brown, everybody needs to step up. And I think a lot of that I think we need to see a lot more Shemi in the game, probably more less Grant minutes at this point. Um uh, but I think like we need to this is going to be a must-win game. That's the that's the bottom line. So that's what we got for today. Uh, Aaron, I appreciate you hopping on. And if you haven't already, make sure to follow, subscribe, rate, review the podcast. Uh, follow me on Twitter, at NBA Celtics Guy. And more importantly, make sure to tune in Sunday after our Celtics-Cavaliers game. And we will talk to you soon, Celtics fans. I can't help it. I'm all like a Celtic. I can't help it. Nah, I can't help it. Nah, I can't help it. I'm all like a Celtic. I can't help it. I'm all like a Celtic.